WNBC. 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 You ever see that private parts? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's been sure. a while. It's I, funny enough. I remember that was the movie. Like my parents very rarely ever made me leave the room if something was like <laughs> too racy or whatever. But for whatever reason, that movie, uh, I just remember there was a certain part. I don't remember what part it was, but I was like just playing with my Hot Wheels cars or whatever. And they're like, okay, you need to leave the room. Like, like Jenna Jameson's the- tits are way too much for a kid. Yeah, how young are you? Um, what, t- what year did that movie come out? 90. Must have been like 90. Yeah, I don't know. 97, 98-ish. Well, it was on, it was either on pay-per-view or HBO. And my dad was one of definitely one of those dudes that got uh that uh ripped off cable. So like he had all the <laughs> pay-per-view channels. Right. Uh so and he didn't they never rented shit. So it it was probably I would say 98, 90. I was, I was, yeah, it was 97. I just looked it up. Good. So I was less than 10 years old. Right on. Just um, using because it probably can't hit HBO the year later. And if any of you are wondering who he is, he is Michael Vyers, local Milwaukee filmmaker, podcaster. I, I, I guess so. Like, guy, connoisseur. I'm just some dude. I'm just some dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I guess originally a filmmaker. Though it's been a couple years since I've made anything, uh, and that's actually why I started the podcast. I got really fucking depressed and like, man, filmmaking's hard. I haven't made anything in a while. What the oh, fuck shit. am I gonna do? I just need something to keep my love for film there. And I was like, well, I could talk about it. Dude, and we could do this shit till the day we die. Making yeah. films is a pain in the dick. Yeah, but ultimately, <laughs> like, it's ultimately because I I, th- I realized when I was in college, I was watching movies to inspire myself yes. to keep making films, um, and when i wasn't making as many or wasn't making them as fast as you sit there like why am i still watching these what am i inspiring myself for so you know i thought well can i be the white elvis mitchell mitchell and you know started talking about it mm-hmm. part of it's just because you just want to be able to make your living hopefully somehow through your love of movies so mm-hmm. then you start exactly. to try and make them because that's one of the main ways mm-hmm. probably the main way to make a living in film is making films or you know working in production or whatever well, it's also weird too, because like I never like I I I yes, it's everyone's goal to make money making films, but I did everything complete opposite that makes money. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't freelance. I didn't grip. I chose not to go into the the machine, and I'm just making weird little films for myself. I don't know if I actually want to make money at this. But, right, right. You know. That's the way to do it, honestly. But uh, yeah. Or to find an audience with your weird little films. And yeah. it's enough of a... Chris and I always talk about this. The uh, Can there be a creative middle class? Does it have to be rags or riches with this shit, you know? And it's pretty much, if you're trying to work in Hollywood, it's rags or riches. But anyway, we're here to talk. This is a my favorite movie episode, and we're here to talk about your favorite movie, which is... John Carpenter's Halloween. There it is. <laughs> Should have had that playing through the whole opening. Would have blown the reveal. I was not. I didn't want to blow the reveal. I was not expecting a guitar. Like I feel like I, I looked at his camera when I started hearing. The, I just I feel like a guitar just came out of nowhere. I was just yeah. like, where, where, where is that from? Yeah, yeah. He carries one on his hip like a samurai with a katana and shit. <laughs> the bard. Um. All right, Halloween. Yes. Out of all the films, out yes. of all the horror films, out of all yes. the slasher films, even yes, Halloween's the one that got you. Yeah, and you know, and, I, and I've, just, I've 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 thought about this and I've analyzed this, and I've been thinking to myself, it's like once again, like why Halloween? You know, I've seen better movies. I'm not going. I'm not going to say it's the best movie ever made. I've seen better slasher films. I've seen better John Carpenter films, but this is the one that really grabbed me. And I, I think it's just because it hit me. I saw it at the right time. I saw it in a transitional period of my life when mm-hmm. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just started getting interested in movies beyond just watching them on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And this movie. And I was—I should also specify I was afraid of horror films as a kid. I couldn't even watch the commercials. You give me hope because my seven-year-old is scared of all kinds of I, shit like this. Not even remotely close to watching horror movies yet. It, I can't it, wait. It was one of those things like I couldn't even watch the commercials, and because uh, I was afraid that someone was gonna was fucking gonna abduct me. And it was my rule in my head that if I could make it to one a.m., you know, 
I could sleep then because it's officially morning and nothing bad happens in the morning, <laughs> even though it's still dark out. <laughs> um, logic, love it. Yeah, and so like this is also one of the the, the films I saw. Like I I just started getting into the idea of watching horror films when I saw the film, and I just kind of w- w- jumped into the deep end. And it was, and I don't mean this in a negative way. I watched the film and I was and I rewatched it right afterwards and kind of sat there. And this is when I started getting into idea of making movies. And I was like, I think I can make this. I think I I I can see how this movie's made. I can, uh, you know, it's almost like it's sort of basic nature. Yeah, it was a yeah. good thing in that regard because it looked accessible yeah, and like just houses and people. And, and, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like the first thing I ever saw in terms of filmmaking was like I feel like every year they used to show the Wizard of Oz and they would always show like the making of whenever mm-hmm. the hundred making of things they've made in that, about that movie and I've probably seen them all because that movie still impresses me. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and then um, I remember it was the, one of the first DVDs I ever rented was war of the worlds the steven spielberg film and it was the first time i ever saw make like a behind the scenes Mm -hmm. featurette and i was like holy shit people made this yes this is a movie that people made there's lights there oh that's how they do that Mm -hmm. what's that dude holding the microphone doing well that makes sense but you know you think about that movie being made like if someone were to come up to you and was like hey can you can you make this yourself like no right no but you see like halloween or night of the living dead you're like Okay, it still seems like it's probably difficult, but I can wrap my mind around this piece. Mm-hmm. Right. Get some people together. I mean, this movie doesn't even have a ton of gore, special no. effects, anything really. It's mostly just dread and suspense is what it's after, you know? Yeah, it's just... It's just the most it, effective shit anyway. It takes its time. It's slow. It's... In some ways, it's... It, some people would probably say it's too slow, and I, every, I'm honestly surprised this movie is still as relevant as it is because i i rewatch this movie at least twice a year and every time i watch it and be like people shouldn't like this <laughs> or like we, new, newer audiences newer horror fans shouldn't right. like this but well they got rob zombies to watch you know? yeah <laughs> which we can what get do into. you think of this yeah what do you think of all the sequels the reboots etc i like of the franchise in general or? i I'm an apologist for the franchise in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I, there's something I like out of all of them. I mm-hmm. even like uh, Rob Zombie's films for the most part, though I prefer two over one, and that's a controversial fucking statement. Okay. Um, but I, I, I think there's something to enjoy out of all of them, and I think ultimately what it comes down to is I just enjoy the world. I like it's kind of like putting on a, a warm blanket, or like you know Halloween Five. I think is actually one of the worst of the of the franchise, but I can still sit down and have a good time with it. Mm-hmm. I think is a lot that of the one where all the um the occult stuff started getting more prominent and everything where yeah, it was like his yes. baby and the, the druidic Celtic, you know, that, rituals. And- they started peppering it, peppering it in in five. Five is the one that ends with that crazy fucking Terminator cliffhanger at the end where Michael's finally caught and the dude in the black hat comes in and shoots out the police station and he okay, escapes. Okay, so it's the one preceding the one I'm thinking yes, of. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're thinking of like resurrection or whatever. Uh, he's called? thinking of Halloween six. Six. I don't remember what it's called, the subtitle, but <laughs> um, but I actually marathoned all of them once Jay said that was your pick, Halloween. I watched all the way through Resurrection, which is like seven or eight of them. Which even res- then, resurrection, I have some nice things to say about, but that's beside the and, point. <laughs> and and I watched most of the first Rob Zombie one. That's where I had to, you know, that that's as of today, and I didn't get a chance to finish it or mm-hmm. watch the second one. But I, I do want to continue through those and the the brand new ones. There's like another like three after that, right? That are yeah. There's super well, there's there, there's the there's Rob Zombie and then his sequel, which I right. I weirdly appreciate just because. You know, they were going to make a sequel with or without him. And he pretty much said, well, fuck it. If someone's going to ruin my character, yeah. it's going to be me. So he came in and just they, they, they he just made the weirdest fucking film he could ever imagine. Like if you've seen his film, Lords of Salem, he made Lords of Salem as a as a Halloween film <laughs> and just got okay. super fucking weird with I haven't it. Seen it but... uh, and and it, it, it's strange. And that's ultimately the reason I like it. And then they cool. they, they made it. They made a new one. A, a, it's the David Gordon Green one, right? Right. Yes, where, where they retconned everything. Now that's everything. supposed to be 
they're throwing away everything else and saying only they the first one is to canon, the first. and it's a yes. sequel to the first. <clears throat> they, right. and they, they talked about that. They said it's just too hard to write within the world of every all of these existing. Yes. Otherwise, so, you end up like you end up with Jason Voorhees in space if you don't reboot. You know, <laughs> that's that's where you end up, and, uh, which uh, they, isn't bad too. I kind of an appreciation, yeah, of the yeah, happy nature of that too. But yeah, they retconned it all and just said, okay, the only the first one, the first one, only one that exists is the first one. Um, I think they could have done and kept the second one because it makes some of the motivations sure. in the new one stronger. But that's beside the point. I well, appreciate that they did it. The second one, isn't that where Hollywood was like, why don't we make Laurie Strode his sister? Right. Mm -hmm. Because she was not his sister. Judith well, was his sister. It wasn't, really a wasn't really a Hollywood uh, decision. They Carpenter wanted to make didn't it. agree though, right? No, he didn't. Well, he's he's the one who wrote it, but he he agreed after the fact that that was a dumb decision. Mm. Uh, Carpenter's story behind that is that he just he he had a case of beer and wrote the film in like <laughs> twenty four hours <laughs> and just sat yeah. down and wrote it because they they told him it's like because his he originally wanted Halloween to be an anthology mm -hmm. of different yes. like and that, part three the yeah. oddball one yeah which and I they, I love that concept that it's Halloween is the 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 theme oh, all kinds of things can happen on Halloween season of the witch is amazing yeah and they told him it's like hey we it's kind of like do one for us we'll do one for you mm. you know because i think he was trying to get the fog made at that time and too and he wanted knew he wanted tommy wallace to do halloween do and do one of the halloween films so he's like hey just make another of these michael myers films and then we'll let you do whatever you want with the third one and and he's like well sure fuck it why not i can write a movie fast and mm -hmm. Um, as long as you don't hold it too precious if he was like no right. michael myers you know no. my creation and he has to be all protective of it and shit but if he's just no. like fuck I, it man i plan on making the fog and the thing that's and that. one thing i appreciate about john carpenter he'll tell it like it is and which mm. is why when he says something good about something i generally tend to believe him because <laughs> he doesn't say much good about anything right uh there's actually a great story i love when he was taught he produced the remake to the fog and someone asked him it's like so why don't you direct this and he just goes because i don't fucking want to nice <laughs> easy <laughs> Like that's just the type of guy he is. So when I, I tend to take most of what he says as being truthful, because he's he's he he has proven in the past he has no reason to say nice things about any anything or anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, hell, yeah, even the time I met him, he's kind of a jerk to me in a kind of nice way. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, being a dick will get you canceled. There, <laughs> all right. I mean, much, yeah. we don't have to get into that, but <laughs> yeah, Carpenter, his career is interesting too the thing and i re recently maybe a couple years ago learned the thing is part of a trilogy sort of you familiar with that yeah it's i don't remember the exact title it's like the apocalypse trilogy it's supposed to be the yeah. thing prince of darkness and right. in the mouth of madness which i think yeah, is a really which is fucking based good on, movie yeah i've been meaning to watch it i haven't seen it um it's based on like Lovecraftian type I, I, of stuff. We, right? it, well, you, what I should say you should do, you should watch it and then listen to the episode of my podcast where we discuss it. Oh, nice. shameless okay. picture show. Got to get my shit in. Yeah, you got to get yeah, your yeah, plugs definitely. in early on this show because the yeah. buzzer will yeah, right. you get buzzed fight. out, right? Mm -hmm. So good move. Smart move. Uh, yeah, that's been on my list, like high on my list for a while. We keep having to watch other things for the show and stuff. They they get in front of it often, but uh, yeah. It's kind of like it's it happens to me too. It's it's almost weird complaining about it because it feels like first world problems type of thing. It's like oh, oh sure. I gotta watch yeah. these movies. Oh yeah, them. <laughs> But it's like ultimately, it's like I'm in a pretty good place where I have an excuse to watch this stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, we were in a similar boat to you where we got so busy making films, and I got a kid now and shit, and I was just like. I don't have time to watch anything or it's G rated. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I do like, have to say, what if we start doing a podcast discussing movies, then it's kind of like, I got to start watching movies again and we're throwing random picks at each other. It's fun. You know, I think it's cool. You, you can tell your wife it's work. I can, I, I appreciate that you two have been making films. You've been, I, I don't know your history super well, but I hosted that panel you were on. Right. That was a couple uh, years and ago. I, and we, we talked a little bit uh, during that and I think after it a little bit. And I know you guys have been writing together for a while and doing a bunch of cool shit. I think it's admirable that you two still genuinely enjoy film because I feel like. I think we all, all of us who are involved in film know that one guy, or at least a couple guys, actually, in my case, who they've been working part of the machine for so long that you don't even know if they even like movies anymore. Yeah, when you mm -hmm. see how the sausage is made, you just, it loses yeah. its... You well, know, it's funny, uh, when you go on general meetings in Hollywood as a writer, um, we haven't gone as a director or anything yet, because we just made our first feature, but uh, we were on that hamster wheel in development hell and shit for a decade, pretty much, as screenwriters taking general meetings in the water bottle tour, but it's funny how... <laughs> 
it's all about tearing shit down. Pretty much all the the icebreakers are like, do you see that? What a piece of shit, you know? Everyone in Hollywood dogs well, everything else. Man. It's crazy. And it's hard for me because I'm a pretty positive guy. There's very few things I mm-hmm. hate. And part of that is because I do know how the sausage is made. It's like, man, that guy worked hard. Exactly. It's, it's they were, you know, they weren't trying to make a bad movie. They just mm-hmm. it didn't work out for them. That's cool. And and occasionally people do try to make bad movies intentionally, and it's awesome, like trauma films and yeah. shit. <laughs> like, Fatty drives the bus and shit, right? It's all subjective, mm-hmm. of course. But yeah, yeah but no, I, I totally get your point that like even just making the effort to make a film at all is worth you know one, yes. one or two stars you know just just it's that, that disaster effort. artist thing like it's commendable that this dude went out and did it whether you think yeah. the room was garbage or not or objectively chris and i've gone so far as to say in like a five point scoring system it's almost like every movie should start with two stars exactly and that, that's kind of where i'm at like this it's I'm a pretty positive guy and I like to spread positivity because there's enough people out there being negative. And I, I, I've often thought, I was like, maybe if I was more negative on my show, I'd get more listens, but that's just not mm-hmm. what's fun for me. There's enough people. If, if you want to find someone who's going to trash a movie, I'm sure it's out there, but instead let's talk about its merits even, and yeah. we even force each other on our show that there have been case, occasions where I haven't liked something or he hasn't liked something. We force the other person. It's like, you got to give me three things you liked about it. Oh, speaking of which, our next one that we're doing, just where Chris and I challenge each other and do this little double feature one, his pick for our next one is Santa with Muscles, you motherfucker. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I heard of it. He told me that you would tell him of it. Yeah. It, <laughs> is, so, it, it, is charming, it. it is charming of how bad it is. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. So you, you can tell I'm a, I appreciate quote-unquote yeah. quote, bad movies well, and i chose I did, it over the ebert documentary life itself or which, <laughs> i did like that movie uh yes. but no it's like Santa with muscles is like a trauma movie if you remove all of everything that makes a trauma movie a trauma movie if that mm-hmm. makes any sense sure like the gore and <laughs> yeah, yeah the boobs the right you know everything why did i pick it I'm just yeah kidding. i'm gonna feel shortchanged uh, here but it's got hulk hogan in spades yeah i mean nice that's what the that's where three stars <laughs> yeah yeah 100%. right so tell me about well the first time you guys saw halloween i, I feel like everyone has seen it everyone and i feel like most people usually early. have a i feel like most horror fans anyways have a story behind it, or like it's not just like i saw that movie at one point I don't know. For me, it was so young. It feels like it was in the soup of the slasher, the slasher mm-hmm. soup. Like we went through, man, probably age five. I was watching shit like this. Five, six, seven, at least six to eight. I know because we moved to the Philippines when I was nine. And at least for two or three years before that, we were watching whatever the hell when we got the free month of HBO or free month of mm. promotional showtime because we were broke as shit living in the hood, you know. But anytime we got that, we were pretty unsupervised, single mom out working and dating. You know, our grandmother was super permissive, letting us watch pretty much anything. So I know I saw it probably at five or six, but it was in there with the multiple Friday 13th movies and Freddy Krueger and everything else. So I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I remember watching it as a kid. Mike Myers was definitely in the, he was on the Mount Rushmore slasher movies for us at that age and shit even. But uh, part three was our favorite even then mm-hmm. the season of the witch um i don't know why maybe just because it was had the kid angle it had tom atkins <laughs> that's it that's what it was um the more days till halloween halloween yeah the song halloween, the jingle silver shamrock what i what i love snake about comes out the kid's head she's like yes. what the fuck i think it was what just I, so weird yeah, yeah what, i loved how just out there it was what um, I absolutely love about Halloween, though, because you mentioned I haven't seen it like during, you know, in the the height of the slasher film. And, you know, for me, slasher films are just are, are uh, there's, there's very few what I, there's very few bad slasher films in my mind because they're they all they're all fun. They but strike a chord for sure. Yeah. They, what I what I love about, you know, I'll, I'll, and I'll go through a period of watching a bunch of them. It's my eventual goal to see did. all of them. Like a, a friend of mine, he has a blog where he is watching every single. Well, and there's so many one-off random ones. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And he's watching every single slash. He's got a master list of every slasher film from its golden era. And he's watching through every single one of them in order and writing about them. And I had him on my podcast and we were talking about it. And what I, what I think is interesting is I'll watch all these slasher films, some good, some bad, what, you know, whatever. And you go back to Halloween and it, it still feels like a breath of fresh air amongst the genre and considering how early it came. You'd, you'd think that, 
okay, someone made this film early on right when the slasher boom began. You'd think someone would be able to top it or perfect it. And in some ways people did, whether it be body count or gore or music or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's, it's a classy film. And the way it's constructed, it's put together mm-hmm. very fucking well. I actually had a chance to talk to Tommy Lee Wallace one time. And I said, what was it like cutting that film together? And he's like, I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. He's like, John had it all together. I just it's had to put it in order. It's a lot of long takes. It's a lot, you know. He said, you know of, of scenes. Yeah. Yeah. The fog, he said, was a nightmare to cut together. But mm-hmm. Halloween was easy. Was like, he was like, it was, it was like miracles, like cutting music. Nice. I can see that for sure. When I was a kid, I was... Uh, I, uh found myself more enamored with jason for some reason the jason for he's i was like drawing him and shit the mask and shit like that he's easier to draw definitely yeah for sure he had those Um, more inventive kills yeah it was like a a game or something you know can he one-up himself mm -hmm. with a kill this time you know Mm -hmm. um not that it's a competition or anything but uh i just remember when i think back to that period of watching you know i kind of saw them as like counterparts and uh and I don't have specific memories of watching it the first time, but I, for most films, I, I rarely remember the first time I watched them. I remember the film, you know, of course, mm-hmm. but like the actual where I was and, you know, especially ones you've seen they, several times. It's like yeah. Kinda just true. It all soupy. starts to blur together. Well, and that was, that was really young too. As Jay said, you know, this is when I'm, I'm four years older than him. And this is like before either of us was 10 years old, you know, in that area, <laughs> well, we were watching movies like this. You had said that you are watching through all of them. So yes, now just, as an adult, yeah. being more well-versed in the world of film and filmmaking, mm-hmm. what's your perspective on watching them now? It doesn't It doesn't have to be the first one, but like just mm-hmm. in general, what's your perspective? How do you feel about them now having revisited them? Uh, they're definitely entertaining. Um the first one, I agree. It it had, it has a, a certain character to it that you know subsequent subsequent ones don't. Um, in terms class of class, was a good word. It's kind of classy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember even when I was young. I think number two stood out a lot for me. Just so that was around when I really started to become aware of it. When it was when two and and you know it can, the original was like seventy eight, right? Yep. Something like that. And part two was like a couple years later. I, and I think, I, it was I like think 80 was the was part two. Okay. I was born in 73. I think maybe the first one I didn't even quite catch, you know, I might've even seen the second one first. Cause I remember it a lot sure. more like the Mr. Sandman song, you mm-hmm. know, Mr. Sandman like that. That's I even having not seen it for a, at least a decade or more. I was associating that with the first one and stuff. I for part two really was what like was entrenched in my mind from, childhood um the hospital you know the fact that he was that when he got burned up at the end the, the loomis uh, lighting the match all that stuff oh yeah um it. yeah it's for some ending. reason yeah it is yeah so I, I i really like to a lot and then as they progress they seem to slip a bit more and more in terms of my appreciation for them but i still like them all too yeah i yeah i, I it's it's a pretty consistent franchise all all things considered Yes. Yeah. It's a um, pretty consistent franchise. And when it comes to the, you know, in the fifth and sixth installments, they started adding like the druidic mm. legendary and all that stuff. But I, I in my research before this, I uh, found and I'm sure you guys know uh, there was a novelization of the original one that came out right around the same time. And it had all that in it. It was like, you know, the Michael Myers, uh, his stories was rooted in you know prehistory not prehistoric maybe i guess slightly in celtic times where there was a curse and yeah. you know one of the uh this kid so that was before the second else. movie ever even came out there yeah, was an so. that's crazy Pretty sure it was before this so yeah so it was already like from the start that was kind of what they were doing with it interesting yeah, yeah well it's also fun time so funny with those with those uh oh um novels based on the films because like what they'll do is yeah they uh, have to take it somewhere yeah, yeah they'll, they'll give the they'll give the the writer like a copy of the script mm-hmm. and pretty much tell them like well do whatever the what fuck you want essentially mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and they'll just get weird with it and i uh, thought that'd be a sweet career dude just oh, being yeah. a novelist of movie novelizations because those mm-hmm. things again like you said it's like you get to just take it wherever man I'm gonna, a novel is more like a TV show and less like a, like Jay yeah. and I say this all the time. A, a movie is more like a short story. 
you know, it's pretty concise in terms of how far you really take it. Whereas uh, a novel, you, you know, you, you spend hours and hours and hours reading a novel, whereas a movie you watch in an hour and a half or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. The exception so, is like an Elmore Leonard novel or something you can yeah, usually suck yeah, this down. this is generally speaking. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah they're, they're And some movies are epic and, lo- and four hours long and shit, you know, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm reading um, Glitz right now, but and it's just, it's speeding by. Because you yeah. mentioned Elmore Leonard. Yeah, totally. Okay. One of the things about this whole franchise too is the music. It's so iconic. And oh all, yeah, huge. All three of the big three of the eighties, uh, the mm-hmm. franchises all have great music, but this it's so simple. I mean, it's Jason's like, got the ch- 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 yeah, yeah, which is awesome, but it's not like the no. theme and shit. It's not yeah. when the credits yeah. roll. It doesn't you know? hit this rarefied air. This yeah. this theme song. And, and it's yeah. funny, like Harry Manfredini. He 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 he. he if we were to put them down and listen to both the Halloween soundtrack and Harry Manfredini soundtrack for Friday the 13th, Harry Manfredini soundtrack is probably significantly better. It's more nuanced. There's a lot more going sure. on with it. The overall score. Near, yeah, it's just not nearly yeah. as iconic. Yeah, it's just right? the catchiness. The, uh, it's so. And I love that Carpenter it. wrote it. You know, yeah, exactly. I'm the do-it-yourself auteur filmmaker, and he loves that, you know, the actual director yeah. and creator. Which is why it's never going to be as good as the iconic. actual composer, you know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so he, elementary though it's it's beautiful like and for the do-it-yourselfers out there it's like you don't need to get crazy I and mean, we just had an amazing composer help with jack but uh antonio tranquilino this dude's dope oh. but uh at the same time initially we were going to do it ourselves and chris obviously is a musician you know it's like just uh, and here, everything yourself. you don't even have to be a musician like i made when i was yeah. in film school i made a documentary uh about my dad uh dealing with cancer and you know, I was like a sophomore. So especially when you're a sophomore, you don't have any connections to anyone. Mm-hmm. And it was around this time, I think someone had been, had got a cease and desist from some record company. So they were really striking down on like using music. And I had a guitar and I, and I could barely play, but I, I put something together and recorded right. it myself off with the onboard mics on the camera I was shooting. And I used that. Like I, yeah. It's it more of a tonal be. thing anyway, as long as it fits yeah. the tone and it's not yeah. intrusively bad or obnoxious some, or something, it's fine. Yeah, like, you know, some you, of you my can favorite. do a lot of a couple strings, even if you don't know yeah. what you're doing. You could put a couple things together that sound like something. Dude, I just posted a video Chris sent me, brushy one string. <laughs> fucking, yeah. It's this Jamaican guy, right? He's on one of the islands. I think it's Jamaican. But he's oh, this yeah. dude who plays one string, and he's fucking amazing. I've seen those, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then there's like anyway. the eyes wide shut soundtrack, I think was like this, where it's just once in a while there'd just be this piano strike, just a ting. Mm-hmm. And it carries. Yeah. 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 Um, Things like or, that are um, super cool. Like I, American I, Beauty, really sparse, but yeah, like uh, I think uh No Country for Old Men has barely any score. Yeah. And like another good one, like we just talked about Coal Miner's daughter on my on my oh, podcast. Movie. Yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones. They don't have a true like composer on there like they have a guy credited but what they did is they just got a bunch of bunch of country musicians in the studio who were just doing uh variations of the coal miner's daughter medley from the song Mm -hmm. that's cool amazing fucking movie by the way they just used that it is i was just looking at it in my stacks the other day and you had posted something i think on facebook about coal miner's daughter recently i'm just like yeah it was was our uh it was our first episode back from this season of the podcast well talk to me about that too let's talk about the podcast for a minute yeah what do you want to talk about yeah so we we do seasons because um i get burnt out i do Mm. so i i i we started off uh five years ago and we, my, my co-host lives in Maryland. He runs a public access television station in Maryland. And <laughs> that's great. We, public access is still a thing. Cause that yeah. was shit in the nineties. The internet. I know it's like amazing. So, it exists still. What we did is we, we recorded a couple episodes ahead of time. Cause I had just gotten married around that time. I was going on my honeymoon. So we recorded a bunch of episodes ahead of time and we're editing them together. And unfortunately I shot myself in the foot by putting too much fucking work into my episodes where uh, you know i go and i cut in the audio from the trailer i'll cut in clips i'll cut in mm, other little mm-hmm. things and essentially i just made the editing process a nightmare for myself yeah that's getting... one j- reason jay and i keep ours just a conversation 
That was part of the 60 often. minute thing too. And that's and having to go back and edit. Incredibly oh. smart. I was just trying to do something to set myself apart because I, when, when mm-hmm. I first started, I didn't know if our show would be any good. So like, I was like, well, let's fuck it. Let's put some filler in here. Filler mm-hmm. sells. Uh, and it's because I thought even if our podcast sucks, it'll sound good. Um, but now I've been doing it for so long. It's kind of hard not to do it. Um, though I found ways, I found some ways to do it, but like, but really what it came down to is we had a release schedule of every other week. So I just couldn't do a weekly thing. And there would be some weeks where if our schedules didn't line up, um, I, we would be recording three days before it goes out and I'd have to try to rush through and edit while working mm-hmm. and everything. It's, it just be, I just, we'd get down to like, our, we'd do our Christmas episode and then we were both just so burnt out. We needed a couple months off. So we, instead of, so we just started making them seasons. So we take a, a couple months off and mm-hmm. then we come back with a, with a new season. It just kind of gives us an excuse to take a break. That's interesting. Sure. But yeah, I can see the editing. I'd be in the same headspace, man. Like we, yeah. we even approach filmmaking the way we did this probably what's the minimal not effort not because we're lazy it's just that work smarter not harder type shit you know yeah and i ultimately like editing it's 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 it can be oh yeah it's fun editing podcast less fun oh yeah yeah right editing film is fun it's not the language of cinema and shit right editing podcast isn't too bad either especially too because it's it's fun because like if you're cutting away to stuff and you have inserts and if you're cutting away to stuff it's also it's also fun for me too because sometimes you have um i like tightening the conversation sometimes because sometimes it's it's not always so flowy like this is sometimes you'll have uh spots where things just aren't Mm -hmm. oh there's a lot of like uh empty air and I also like retuning jokes because sometimes a joke just doesn't work listening back on and I can retune it and make things work. So it's there is a nuance <laughs> to it. And fuck yeah, dude. Lucas, <laughs> editing is Where the tears in post? <laughs> you know, what the... <laughs> Any, we had a punchline in post. As long any, as that ed- set up. <laughs> any editing is cheating, man. It t- technically... Let's go. Let's use film for an example. The old timers, the old old timers back in the twenties, used to think that if you couldn't, anytime you had to cut the camera, it shows how little you know what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. you didn't place it strategically. Yeah, you didn't yeah. right. Your actors, you didn't. You know, so yeah. they they thought a cut as being like less than. They, they'd be watching your film if they saw a cut. I can like, appreciate that. This jackass yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. Spielberg, mm-hmm. you could argue, is the same way. It's very economically placed camera. Well, I can start yeah. in one frame with a minimal movement that. He, it feels like he's, of course. It, it feels like he's cutting even when he's just he's just moving the camera. Exactly. And actually, that's one thing that Hanneke Car- does that a lot. Yeah, Car- Carpenter, Car- yeah, to a lesser that. extent, mm-hmm. does it in this film as well. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And he does cut around a little bit more, but he, you know, he knows the benefit of building tension. Like I still think a masterclass of a scene is that scene where Lori leaves the house and she's walking across the street when is, she knows something's going on, but is not sure. There is yeah. so much dread and tension in that scene because we know more than she does. They should be fucking teaching that scene in film schools. Yeah. Traumatic irony, sort of the other tension. Yeah. Um, I, I found it funny because I just watched the Friday the 13th as well, marathon them. There's actually a documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you know, a seven hour long documentary on the Friday the 13th. Uh, uh, I have it. Actually, I, have, I have it on Blu-ray. Okay. Yes. So I watched that concurrently. So I'd watch the documentary, then mm-hmm. go watch the movie or vice, That's the action, way to vice do versa. It. Um, but I, this is just to say, uh, I, when you mentioned that scene, it reminded me, I thought it was funny watching both of them again, that Jason Voorhees and Mike Myers drove like lurching, yeah. lurching yeah, <laughs> no kind of, you know, like around. Terminator things. And then like, but they're fucking well, Mike Myers. <laughs> and this one, to... Loomis even says like, when you must have taught him to drive here because he was fucking right. six years old when he came into the Oh exactly. no, I, I love, I love that they drew attention to it. Cause most movies would just yeah. be like, ah, just they would suspend your just, disbelief. Exactly. But like, yeah. He doesn't know how to drive. Well, he did a good job last night. <laughs> It'd be awesome if there was just all these. One of the first clues that he was back there in uh, what was the name of the town? Fucking Haddonfield. Hadden, yeah. Um, Haddonfield. That there's just like mailboxes and garbage cans on the street and shit dented up. <laughs> like he's just been hitting, careening around, hitting shit. <laughs> there's, a, there's a car there's wrapped around a tree somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Just so hey, you want to you want to test your knowledge? Well, we have a quiz. Oh, yeah, there's a Halloween, the Halloween franchise. Okay. You guys, okay. want, we could do it together. I actually did it earlier, but so I can tell you which okay. one I got wrong. But uh, put me on the spot. Share my screen. Ah. We could uh, all throw in answers. Yeah, okay. for sure. 
Uh, so I'm going to share my screen. This isn't to say you're the biggest fan of I, Halloween in the world. It's no, to say it's your favorite movie. I think all. most of these you'll know. Um, there might be a couple that are just, you know, like no, the, the, how much did it cost to make? Is it, yeah, yeah, it's multiple choice. So how much did the 1978 Halloween movie cost to make? I think 1.2 Yeah, I think it was the first one. That's so a that's million. 1.2 million. million. Oh, no, then never mind. No, it's 500,000. 500,000. Half uh, a million, 300,000, or 100,000. Yeah, I'm going to pick 300. I'm going to go five. Okay. That's what I picked as well. I love it. Oh, it didn't. I got to share my sound probably, don't I? Yeah. Mm, okay. buzzers, so the buzzers. <laughs> it was 300,000. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. What was the original title of Halloween? The Babysitter Murders. Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I let Jay. Yes. Yeah, let me see the answers here for a second. Okay. Yeah. It was Michael's Revenge, The Masked Murderer, All Hallows Eve, or The Babysitter Murders. I, I guessed that right, too, because I did read that originally. That was the whole concept before Mike Myers anything. It was, let's yeah. make a movie about this guy going around but killing the, babysitters, which is pretty genius for the yeah, 70s. And but at the time, they, were, they realized that, oh, shit, uh, no one's ever made a movie called Halloween. Let's use it. That's yeah. interesting. Wow, that it says, yeah, that's. The babysitter murders it was supposed to take place over several days but they changed the script to have everything happen on the same day to reduce locations costume changes etc and keep the budget down see that's the kind of smart shit you do mm -hmm. to lower the budget you know contract time as much as you can who was not approached to play dr sam loomis and vincent price. price peter cushing donald pleasance is it pleasance or pleasance i have always heard it pronounced pleasance yeah that makes sense like christopher pleasance. lee so Vincent Price is your guess. What about yes. you, Jay? Yeah, I'll go with that. He was that was mine as well. That's point, right? And I think it's like the obvious horror, like you know, guy, mm -hmm. like that. Like it's so obvious that that's why they chose it to throw you. Cushing and um, Christopher Lee both turned it down because of the pay. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasance received twenty grand for five days at work. Oh, shit, I'll do Only that. reason Donald Pleasance did it though is because his daughter liked the music and Escape from New York interesting and he because uh, she was like oh i saw his movie i like the music and he's like fine i can't do it Donald Pleasance. he made escape from new york before this no uh, sorry uh no assault in precinct 13 my mistake oh assault in precinct 13. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah. pleasance was great though I, I, he was yeah, just he was, mm -hmm. i'm so glad i remember even as a kid that uh terror in the aisles shit he was i remember him factoring in in that yes yes well. yeah didn't he narrate it or with something? that terror in the aisles narrated it I think so. He did. He was like the host of it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. It's dude. so hard to find. It's not streaming anywhere. Uh, if you to... can find a Blu-ray copy, then a non-Scream Factory Blu-ray copy of Halloween Two, it's on there. Oh shit. Oh really? Dude, I'm gonna eat that. Oh. Yes. Scream Factory. And actually, Scream Factory did a release of Terror in the Isles. Nice. Really? All right, let's yes. find that, dude. That was oh, iconic for me too. Yeah. Like, that was huge you know, for us. Yes. That's probably why um, it feels like a soup though too. Because yeah. I remember watching that several times. Yes. So there's yes. court, like the brood. I thought I'd seen yeah. the brood, but it was from that or some shit. You know, mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. it tricked me into thinking I'd seen movies that were actually a gap. Trilogy of Terror, mm -hmm. the doll, oh, the African doll. Yep. Um, who inspired the character of Michael Myers? A psychiatric patient, Alfred Hitchcock, Carpenter's son, or Ron Howard? A psychiatric patient. <laughs> <Ron> Howard. <laughs> um, I had read this too prior to taking this quiz. I, because of we were doing this, I, I read a lot of the background, so I knew a lot of these. But how many different people are believed mm. to have portrayed Michael? This oh, one shit. actually I got wrong. So it's at least three. Interesting. Like, yeah, I know. I was like, kid, Michael. That, well, there's, yeah, there's a kid. Nick oh, Castle. that's a good point. I didn't consider that. There's yeah. a kid. Nick Castle played him through a good portion of the film. They also had the other guy. They had, when they did the mask reveal, that was a different guy. Mm. Um, yeah, when I rewatched it just ooh. now, I had forgotten that they had taken his mask think? off. Because that's always a question every time you watch either Friday the 13th or Halloween. You're like, are you going to see his face in this one or not? You know? Tommy Lee Wallace wore the mask when they had to break down the closet door because he's the one who rigged that door up so he knew where to hit it. Ah, um, damn, okay, so you... What are we and, at, five? Is that five? And people? I don't know if this counts or not, but I'm going to go five, but I don't know if this counts or not, but the producer, um, Deborah Hill, she played Michael's hands in the in the beginning of the film. Oh, That's sure. right, I saw something about that, and they were... Uh, oh, no, no, that was something. I'm sorry, I'm so, thinking of Friday the I'm, 13th. It was the opposite. It was a guy, yeah. a guy's hands well, in place she, of a woman's she was, hands. She was doing the Steadicam operating because she, and, she was short enough um oh as when he's a kid the pov yeah, shots of the kid yeah. so i'd say five i'd say five okay jay you 
go over that? I trust it. I call, I phoned a friend on this one. And, oh, oh shit. Well, even again? though I got it wrong, I proved I know a lot of fucking people. Oh, yeah. That was more than I knew about that <laughs> subject. <laughs> so. Uh, seven, then, I guess. Seven. That blew my mind. Fuck. Yeah. So there's probably I, just I a even, couple extra stand-ins and sure. shit while dude's taking a shit or something, you know? Um. And Let's when see. they did remove the mask and, and they showed, you know, his face, yeah. I, I was, it was kind of interesting. It was a very mm-hmm, interesting mm-hmm. choice. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of a handsome 20. I wonder how many chicks were like, dude. I'd fuck him. It's funny when he removes the mask and he like, he comes back into the light and he puts it back on. He always looks like, you guys remember men in black? Like the dude who's like, yes, Edgar, dude. Film who wanted yeah. sugar. That's who Vincent I was thinking. Of. Yeah, Vincent Yeah, Vincent It looks like Vincent D'Onofrio in that film. I don't know. He just looks mm-hmm. very strange to me. We're it's doing an alien smackdown. It isn't quite yeah, yeah. fitting right. We're doing like this tournament of all aliens from movies and shit, and he was one of my picks in there. Just Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Okay, so we got like we got like the stunt man when he fell out the window. Ah, stuff like shit. that. That's dog what trainer. What when he killed that dog, it was freaky. Did they drug that dog yeah. or what, dude? How'd that dog I, go limp? That's I'm creepy. wondering if they shot it in slow motion and in mm. reverse. Yep. Because be. the dog's mm. legs drop. So if you think about it, if it would be, you know, they shoot it in slow motion, have, you know, the dog tries to lift its legs up. And then I wonder if they do it in reverse. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. That was exactly the kind of shit they would think of back in the day. Shooting yeah. in reverse. I love the ingenuity it took. So we all know this one. What mask did Michael wear, Captain Kirk? Which, well, he wore a clown one at one point. <laughs> yeah, that's a trick question. That's a trick question. Yeah. Qu- yeah, that should be a. Uh, you should be given credit if you chose a clown. Yeah, yep. of course, the iconic one is Captain Kirk. But isn't that crazy though? As a kid, until someone told me that later, I was like, "That's William yeah. Shatner." That what never time signature right. is the Halloween theme written in? Five four. You got it. Oh shit! You musicians know that. Well, I don't know that. I only reason I, know I don't know anything John, about time signatures. John Carpenter like, told he tells the story that he got the time signature from his dad because yes, his dad used to play here. the bongos. Yeah. Ah, okay. And he used to he used to just play that the, the Halloween theme on the bongos all the time. Mm, so okay. he just okay. took it to piano. That's, cool. That's awesome. five beats per measure, quarter notes. Man, By another way, having a dad actually helps. <laughs> By 2018, how many Halloween films have been made? Um, well, that'll be all of them. We need Jeopardy music. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Nine? Ah, fuck my life. It's got to be 11 then, right? It's be 11. Yeah, I think I, yeah. I got this wrong too. I was trying to count How, quickly in my head. It's a pretty healthy franchise, dude. 11 fucking movies. That's crazy. Why can't Michael be killed? An you ancient druid, druid curse. curse yeah, right? know that. <laughs> yeah. He's just lucky. He's just lucky. <laughs> He's just a lucky guy. Yeah, technically, that's not fa- like okay. I guess this is a this this is a. He's Halloween. lucky. He has a druid curse. This is a Halloween quiz, and then they throw one in that's about the franchise. That's also a trick question. True. Because what no. is, yeah, what is the name of the reality TV show? I know this one because I just watched it in Halloween Resurrection. That oh, yeah, invites guests. Look at Busta Rhymes and Tyra Banks. Are Dangertainment. The hosts. <laughs> Busta Rhymes. Danger Tainment, he says. That's it. Oh, yeah. Busta Rhymes wasn't it. Busta Rhymes right. doing kung fu and shit God, on Mike Myers these, at the dude. end. It's ridiculous. I need my kid to go back to school, damn it. <laughs> I don't what is really. The killer called in, what is the killer called in the scripts and credits for Halloween? I love this. I was going to bring this up. The yeah, shape. I remember seeing that, which is funny, though, because they... I mean, it was Michael yeah, Myers. He is a named character, but I, I wonder if they just thought yeah. making him a character it's was cool, a- though. Wrong well, here they say something right here. Yeah. Carpenter's description of the character is he wasn't human and he wasn't supernatural. He was somewhere in between. He was the shape. He could be anywhere at night. He could be in the shadows. He'd watch you. And even though he moved like a human being, there was something about him different, which I'm glad that they addressed because that classic thing of the guy who just slowly stalks, but somehow catches up to you. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was behind the bush and now he's gone and shit. It's like good to throw some explanation at that yeah agreed even if it's not on screen how long did it take john carpenter and deborah hill to write the screenplay for the original halloween i feel like it was only 10 days but I yeah could be wrong. i bet it was but that was my guess too it's correct but i didn't know it was just a guess 
Michael Myers is the antagonist. Uh, real in- quick, I will say Deborah Hill does not get nearly enough credit for everything she's done. Yeah, you were film. just talking about her being a producer, steady cam operator, yeah, she, co-writer. She, she wrote she wrote all the teenage girls' dialogue in this film. Ah, Interesting. Um, makes it genuine, she, yeah. And she because it, it's They're also authentic. She knows because she was a babysitter, and she's a big reason why John Carpenter got his any of his <laughs> films made. And it's unfortunate they had a falling out because John Carpenter, mm. you know, started cheating on her with Adrian Barbeau, but she does not get the credit she deserves just saying do you know if she's gone on if she did any shit on her own after that or oh i think she yes she definitely did Uh, let me i don't have to check that out because uh i'd be curious to see because yeah it sounds like she's almost pulling the strings and shit to a degree because the girl's dialogue and everything's half the movie if not she she produced halloween the fog escape from new york halloween 2 and halloween 3 but she also then produced the dead zone clue adventures in in babysitting uh heartbreak hotel i'm skipping around a little bit Mm -hmm. uh the lottery the fisher king oh fisher king is amazing it's one of our top top three top five movies ever yeah what Deborah Hill? We got a damn an episode about her, dude. Yeah, gangster. Yeah. So, Michael Myers is the antagonist in all of the Halloween. We know this one Halloween season movies, except which one? Season of the Witch. Who wrote and directed the Halloween remake in two thousand seven? Zombie, Rob right? Zombie. Yeah, zombie. He writes his own scripts. I um, I saw the first Hollow uh, Rob Zombie Halloween uh, part of it like years ago, but de- never finished it. I, I just like last night started watching it again for the second time and I had a, a better appreciation for it the second time. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I kind of dug, dug what he was doing with it. The first time I kind of was like, I felt like they didn't need to explain his childhood and what led to, it was kind of cooler that he was the shape, you know, that he was just this like unexplained, like just evil that like Loomis described him and stuff. But this time I, I don't know that I didn't, that didn't bother me as much. And, um, I mean, some of the stuff in it, like the killings and everything in it are seemingly to me more realistic than like a lot of these older slasher movies, like one stabbed at the stomach and the person just is dead instantly, you know, and it's like, that's not how people go. The films also got phenomenal cinematography too. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, I really was enjoying it this time. So I I haven't finished it yet, but, uh, dope. Yeah. It was cool. Who did Lori kill at the end of Halloween H2O 20 years later? Yeah. That's funny. A paramedic. That's right. <laughs> really? They only established that in the next movie. The next so movie, yes, as if weird. she killed him. But then, no, which was a great a twist. It was yeah. a great twist. Do you think and it would have a twist that would have been better shown at the end of the movie? Well, I don't know if they knew they were going to make another one. I don't think they did. Right, right. I'm just saying, it which seems is like something they wiggle your way of, out of that bag. How do know? we make another one? Because, like, she didn't I, yeah. really kill him. You know? Yeah, because, like, I think, you know, they, they wanted this to be the final confrontation right. between the two. Mm-hmm. But every time they say that, it's never, you know, yes. they always want to make it's more. Like it's almost better to just retire for the sequel. I don't know. People do get fatigued right. by that. Like, yeah. how are they going to do it this time? And he didn't. Well, they do that plenty in these. Like, I believe the next resurrection, they had his eyes shoot open at the end. I think yeah, it was Resurrection, yeah. right? Which is funny because then they didn't continue this this through line. So the one that they acted as if they were going to end it, they didn't. And then that yeah. the one, the very next one, where it did end, that you know that uh, thread yeah. actually yeah. did leave it. H two O is a pretty solid flick too. It's, it's actually directed by Steve Miner, who did a couple of the Friday the Thirteenth films. She decapitates okay. him. That sounds pretty gnar. It's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, that end cool. sequence is. Pretty it's wild. it's a great like if if you would have seen that in a the theater, it's a great like. Crowd pleasing moment. The, the, yeah, the audience, like the face to face in the window and the door. It's fucking Laurie dope. Yeah, dude, we should do like a Soderbergh style re edit where we edit the paramedic shit to the end of this. Yes, and you see that he punked her and got away at the end. According to Deborah Hill, co writer of the original Halloween, the idea behind the film was that you couldn't kill what evil. Yeah, that makes no sense. Superstition. Plus they say I almost it like said forty-seven times yeah, right. in the film. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that six-year-old boy. This one surprised me rewatching it. Uh, who played Dom, Tommy Doyle in Halloween: The Curse of Paul Michael Myers? Rudd. Yep. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. All right, rules, dude. His second role ever. He was interesting in it too, because you know, he's known to be this kind of like boyish almost, or just like flamboyant—not flamboyant, but you know, just kind of kind of playful. Out there. Yeah, you know, accessible type. But in this, he was actually kind of a weirdo, which was cool. You know, he's a pretty underrated dramatic actor. But uh, 
Yeah, he, he makes some weird choices in this film, but I I I I I can see what he's doing. He's a young actor mm-hmm. thinking he's making good choices, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. makes it more interesting. Like I love yeah. watching movies with people who are like I. It's like when, Crispin Glover is the king yeah, of that kind of shit. Like I love watching movies of, with bad acting, not because like I think the acting's bad, because it's like I love when people are trained in acting who aren't very good. It's like because you guys know what goes into making a performance, and they are trying to make a good performance. They're just not very good actors. So I just love speaking love of which, there. Sherry Moon Zombie. I'm just kidding. That's the next question. <laughs> She's pretty nice. Uh, it's easy on the eyes, but. In Rob Zombie's remakes, what character? Actually, I'll take that back because she actually. Did, I even was thinking when I watched, I was just making a joke, but she actually thought her acting was pretty good. She's pretty good in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it just gave Michael's away the answer, but <laughs> some mom. yeah. Halloween 2018 is a direct sequel to which Halloween film? Halloween 1978. Yeah. Yes. I think this is no. There's one more page. Oh shit! Who it's arranged it's... for Michael's escape in Halloween 2018? Doctor Sartain. Yeah, I saw that one. Wants to study him in the wild. What'd you think of that latest Halloween movie? I, for the most part, I liked it. I I had some issues with it, but nothing that was like gonna ruin my my enjoyment of it. The what, the climax of the film, like once we got to like Laurie's weird death house, I I was fucking fully in, and <laughs> I, I, I haven't I, seen it, so I I'm looking forward to that. Well, I don't want to fuck it. I don't want to do any more. Spoilers, no, that's, a there's great, a, there's that's a, just enough. To... There's a moment near the end that me and my wife both like nearly got out of our seat and cheered at nice you just drink it that's wine. the david gordon green yeah. ones right yeah yeah jay yeah, and yeah. i were always fans of his but yeah, that's what i'll say is halloween that's, i was like whoa that's probably like gordon's, my eighth favorite david gordon green movie or something yeah, david like, gordon green written by danny mcbride like kenny yes. fucking powers wrote <laughs> oh that i didn't movie. know he wrote it oh yeah, yeah dude McBride, hilarious danny mcbride's the shit okay he's bounding down his legend man i it's one of my favorite shows of all time it's excellent what job does Laurie Strode have in Halloween H2O? Okay. Headmistress. Yes. That's an excuse to have a bunch of exactly. hot young chicks and <laughs> I was skirts the, If I was around. her, that's she should have taken some job that keeps her like like in Antarctica or some shit, not around a bunch of college kids. Yeah. yeah. Just who, in case. Who, how many people can I put in danger? Innocent right, young exactly. People? That's pretty irresponsible. <laughs> Which Halloween film had the lowest grossing box office revenue of the franchise? This is I want to say it was this one's difficult because I want to say yeah, it's three, I but I feel like it's actually no, I think it's three. I feel like Resurrection five. did well, all things considered. I feel like okay, five. so so three is wrong. Oh fuck, okay. Five is correct. Oh, okay. Shit. I feel like just that's when fatigue would kick in. Well, because yeah. I only well, reason that's I thought, why I picked resurrection. For the only reason movie. I thought three is because they made three and it did so poorly that it took them a uh, long time. Yeah, to then make they brought film. Myers back. Yeah, right? and they br- like, so didn't bring him back sense. until like maybe the late '80s, early '90s. So it was mm-hmm. definitely more than a couple years. Yeah, and I mean, even the decision of returning to the form. You know, of yeah. using Mike Myers, it would it would make sense to think Halloween three didn't do well, so therefore, oh, yeah. that's what people want. Five want is Mike actually Myers. surprising because like then they went on to make six not too long after, so it's like, yeah, and it you know was like a, continuing the story. You know, it would be an interesting show to do, like a little another little tournament style thing. How many um, Nightmare on Elm Streets did they make? Do you know? No, uh, not nearly nine. as many, right? Eight or like nine. five or six uh, maybe no there's, there's i think there's the eight. remake and there's shit. eight if you're including for, uh there's nine Freddy if you're versus. including freddie versus jason and the remake i believe all right no remakes just the original trilogy then i think there's seven so it would be wow, interesting to say enough. out of these three franchises which one had the best first movie which one had the best second movie Ooh, which one had the best third i would movie? love to see that yeah we should check that out be fun, oh you yeah. mean like in subjectively the best not box yeah like we watch them on and talk about them yeah 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 i would I like probably have, I, honestly I, it, it pains me to say but i'd probably have to pick nightmare on elm street out I of the three of the first ones of the first overall overall i think the, it's the best of those three films yeah like it just, came oh, yeah. later i think right it was yeah. the latest yeah. of the three you, so. you're saying the first installment was of the each best? one is that what you're saying yes like one. i think yeah. yeah like if i had to choose the original halloween the original friday the 13th and the original nightmare on elm street i think yeah the, i would the agree. original nightmare on elm street is the best made film yeah, yeah. And i think it would be one of the greatest horror films of all time if it had no sequels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that that's that one agreed yeah, absolutely. I was surprised how much I enjoyed Freddy versus Jason. I just saw that for the it's first so, time. It's so it's dumb but fun. It's yeah, that's, it was but that's fun. what you want from that movie. Especially having marathon through all the Friday the 13th up to that point. 
I was ready for that. You know what I mean? What do we got to do to combine the three of these motherfuckers? In one no movie? shit. I mean, the two of them were actually, they both, it was a new line cinema, I think, that yeah. uh, mm-hmm. acquired both of them, and that's why they could do it. And they even ended uh, one of the, the previous or even there was a couple previous uh, before that uh, Friday the Thirteenth with uh, it was Jason goes to hell I think the end um, that the, new line the claw you know Kruger's claw came that, down and, and pulled him into the earth you know that new line deal taught me some important piece of information because I, I wrote a slasher film a couple of years ago that I was trying to get made and there was a period of time where I had some potential investors interested and we got to the point of drafting contracts and learning everything I have from both New Line Cinema. And Kevin Smith, I, I I wrote it in my contract that I owned the rights to the care to my sla- to the slasher mm-hmm. character in it, because uh, like for example, like the New Line owned Jason, but they didn't own the name Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Same thing right. with Kevin Smith; he owns Jay and yeah. Silent Bob, but he didn't own Clerks. So right. like, That's I learned why it was Jason the- goes to hell and shit. Yes, instead I learned of, to keep uh, the character. The Fuck the title. Keep the right. character. Totally true. Totally good point. Two more to go. I don't know where we are buzzer wise, but I think it's getting close. Yeah. And how many movies does Jamie Lee Curtis play Laurie Strode? Four. Four? Yeah, I think four, right? Yep. Yeah. What musician was not involved in a Halloween movie? Rob Zombie, LL Cool J. <laughs> technically, the, Rhymes, oh, I'm actually wrong. Answer. That should be five because she plays, technically, she shows up in Resurrection. Ah, for one at the scene, very so beginning, right? That should be five. Oh, shit. Ah, this is wrong, motherfuckers. I was wrong too because I forgot about the new one. So I was thinking four, thinking about the original. Oh, and he read it and said, oh, shit. Yeah. That's funny. Hmm. And I'm gonna say Marilyn Manson because right. I know Buster Rhymes and LL Cool J. I think were both in one. Yeah, they it's, were it's stars in them. Yes. LL Cool J's character was the security guy. Yeah, he's in H two O. He's a security guy who wants to write uh, romantic novels. Right. And then the <laughs> entire funny. film, like he's that. like, he's like t- calling he's his on wife, the phone and, with his wife, yeah, and reading them out to her, and she like he's giving him shit for it, and he's like, baby, this is gonna sell. It's it's, it's the same line I used on you. <laughs> he's so good at uh, that. Movie. It worked on you. <laughs> uh, and by the end, at the end, he you think he got what? Well, spoiler alert! You think he got killed, but then it turns out he he survived it. And at the very end, he's on the phone with his wife. He's like, I want to write a thriller. Nice. <laughs> that's what that's my next shit. she's a romantic uh, thriller i think it was he's so good in that movie yeah. oh nice here it says marilyn manson has not been attached to any halloween franchise project yes yeah. well, well now that he's been canceled ever yeah, right, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah he's gone too he um, was part of the creep show the new creep show and something else oh american gods and he's been canceled from both of those he's not he wasn't a bad actor manson yeah he was also in something Jay and I just reviewed Party Monster. <laughs> he was a side character in it. I haven't seen it. Oh, man. Oh, man. You talk about horror Party movies. Monster. Check I've it out. heard of it. I, I remember it coming out. It just Macaulay never. Caulkin. It's so much different than I thought it would be. It is do it yourself shit. It's mm-hmm. almost just like made on a camcorder. It's crazy, dude. That's dope. So lo fi. Blew my mind. So I think our, our timer's probably ending. What, what else do you guys want to talk about Halloween? I got hmm. a bunch of notes actually that I haven't gotten through, but they're all Go like super detail level things. Um, well, I guess okay, let's here's talk one. About the, oh. Does Mike Myers need to eat and shit? <laughs> does he uh, like take shits and stuff? He does, like, eat. Does he, have... he does eat. That's why he killed the dog. He ate that dog. The, okay, the so that, that's what saying. He's probably a skunk or something. Yeah. So, so that means he needs to go shit somewhere. Like, like, <laughs> like he has to take a break and go fight. Like, either just shit in the bushes or. Yeah, I imagine know. he's just leaving. It's like he's like a horse. I imagine he's just shitting as he's walking. <laughs> right. I was thinking that too, maybe. But then that makes it hard to sneak up on. He's people. just shitting dog all over the streets <laughs> of this nice suburb. <laughs> if I was thinking about that with Jason Voorhees, like by the fifth movie, I was like, "There's no way this motherfucker's surprising people, man. He's got to reek to fucking high heaven, fucking oh, no crystal lake." He's in your closet. Long. You walk in, like, <laughs> exactly. I like, guess he ain't surprising insane. nobody. No. How many teenage chicks died in here? <laughs> uh, Let's um. see. What else uh, you, you were starting to say something too there, right? No, I was just actually oh, curious. Ahead. Like, if you got since we're running out of time, if you had to like, I already mentioned what my favorite scene is in the film. Do you have a favorite scene, favorite moment, favorite something? Mine's Laurie crossing the street because I just think it's 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 pure cinema. But uh, do you guys have anything? Uh, I lost, that is great. I can't think of a specific scene. Where'd you go? I lost. Oh, never mind. Oh, well, I oh there that was the gotcha. Oh, uh, I got you. I just You're stopped sharing my screen. Yeah, gotcha. Um, 
Let's see if I had any other notes. Well, he was saying a favorite scene. I'm trying to think on yeah, it. I don't or even know. just a favorite moment, you know. Like another one I just think is funny. I like I when love. the bully kid runs into Michael Myers. <laughs> I just picture yeah. that kid who's just bullying the kid when they squash yep. his pumpkin and shit and he runs out right. and just mm-hmm. runs right into this creep. And I was like, was he wearing the mask yet at that point? Because we didn't see his face or anything. And I just was. Yeah, I don't think he was. I, I, w- I will say of all the Halloween movies, I think the moment that scared me the most as a kid was actually in part three. And it What's was that? when that yeah. dude ripped the other guy's head off. Do you remember that show? Oh, yes. I do. Yes. I do. It was like this big henchman, like, yeah, I remember as a kid, like, robotic, <gasps> creepy fucker. Um, One moment I just think is hilarious. I love in the end when when Laurie stabs him in the neck with the, the sewing needle and yes. he gets up, pulls it out. And he just collapses in the most pathetic way possible. Like he he pulls it out and realizes, oh, shit, and then just collapses. Yeah, I just it was think almost like he fainted when he saw his bone blood or something. It's so funny to me. Dude, I, I watched that on loop. A slasher serial killer has a fear of seeing blood or his own blood. Ah, least, interesting. You know? Yeah, um, that would be great. Psychologically, kind of works because can't help like that you know? kill people, but oh, he's disgusted by <laughs> it's a own form shit. of exposure therapy or some shit. Right. Um, there's some funny here. shit. Sorry, with the, but, just the no, body, no, no. the way it lays around, and the continuity, and how he, mm-hmm. how many times she would throw the knife away just stupid mm-hmm. classic but i know yeah, that people are in shock uh, and shit. they make dumb decisions yeah. you're trying to give the benefit and they, of the doubt and to sit there and catch your breath with him in the background with yes. your back to him there's no way i'm sitting no there way, just like with- 